Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, good morning. This is uh, Palm Sunday. We're recording this on Palm Sunday morning, and um, we, um, of course, remember when Jesus, uh, that week before um, the resurrection, uh, just a few days before he was taken to the cross, uh, he entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. And people were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna on Sunday. Um, but by Friday, um, we know that he was taken, uh, arrested, uh, tried before Pilate and before the high priest, and he was taken and crucified by the Romans. That's what we're going to look at today. Uh, we will be looking at the crucifixion of the Son of God. So uh, we will be looking at John chapter 19. It's John chapter 19. Um, it's a long text, so um, this week I'm not going to put the whole text up on the uh, screen. Uh, if you have your Bible, I welcome you to turn there. Uh, John chapter 19, we'll begin it reading in verse 16. Again, this is a long text, so if you have your Bible, I'm going to give you time to find that. If you need to stop um, the video for a moment while you find that, that is perfectly fine. So John chapter 19, beginning in verse 16, it says, So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There he, they crucified him, and with him two others, on one side, one on each either side, and Jesus between them. Peter, I'm sorry, Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of, wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, 
the disciple took her to his own house. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar, was, a jar full of sour wine stood there, but so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross for, on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be, might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus they, and, and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you, may also, you also may believe. For these things took place so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, Another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, also, who had earlier come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about seventy-five pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you have spoken to us about um, your son and about how we can be saved through him, through faith in Jesus. Lord, help us to hear your word today and help us uh, to know what it is you are speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're looking at today is the crucifixion of Jesus, um, about how he died and about how he was buried. But this leaves something unsaid. That's what we'll be looking at next week. Jesus didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead. But let's look at what this text is saying uh, today. The first thing we see is how they took Jesus and they crucified him between two thieves. Um, he was treated like a common criminal. Though Jesus was sinless, though he had never sinned, he was perfectly righteous. He was treated like a common criminal. Uh, this harkens back to Isaiah 53, saying that he was numbered with the transgressors. 
Jesus was crucified like a common criminal, and in so doing, he was taking our place. Jesus, we deserved the punishment of hell. We deserved uh, to be killed and thrown into hell forever because we have sinned. And so often we don't think about our sin that way. We feel like, well, I'm a pretty good person. I haven't ever killed anybody. But here's the facts. God is an infinite God, and he's infinitely holy. Okay? And we have broken the laws of an infinitely holy God. Um, our sin should not be measured by our own estimation, by our own feeling of, well, it really isn't that bad, but by the fact that we have sinned against an infinite God, and also by the fact that in order for us to be forgiven, it took the death of the Son of God. That is how bad our sin is. Our sin was so bad that it deserves hell. And Jesus, God's own son, gave his life up on a cross. Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. He was crucified between two thieves. Pilate, meaning it as a mocking thing, put a sign above Jesus saying, King of the Jews. And he wrote it in Aramaic and in Latin and, in, um, and also in Greek. He did this probably to mock, but the reality is, the irony is, he really was not only king of the Jews, the king that was, was promised uh, that Jesus, that, that there would be a son of David who would reign on his throne forever and ever. Uh, Jesus was the king of the Jews, but he is also the king of the universe. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And here, as he was crucifying, Pilate mocked him by placing this sign, Jesus, King of the Jews. The criminals divided Jesus' garments among them. This, again, was a, the answer to prophecy. It was the fulfillment of prophecy uh, where uh, in the Psalms it says, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for them. Um, Jesus also, here in this passage, provides, even as he's hanging on the cross, provides for his own mother. He looks down and he cares for his mother. And while Jesus', Jesus disciple John, the, it says the one who uh, Jesus loved, that would be John, um, the one who wrote this gospel, um, was standing next to his mother. And Jesus looked down and said, Woman, behold your son uh, and, uh, and behold your mother. Um, John was being told by Jesus from the cross that he was to take care of, uh, of, his, of, of Mary, Jesus' mother. Uh, even in the midst of that, Jesus cared for his, his own mother. And here's another irony. You know, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is very often presented as the one who was the water of life. Um, in the very beginning, uh, we are told that you must be born both of water and of the Spirit. Um, the very first miracle Jesus made was to turn water into wine. Uh, whenever Jesus met the woman at Samaria, he said, I am the water of life. You know, if, if you, you, I can give you water that if you drink from that, you'll never thirst again. 
and hear. The water of life, the very one who is the one who is satisfying beyond all else. One of his very last words in the Gospel of John on the cross was, I thirst. The water of life was thirsty for us. The one who was the water of life, the one who was all-satisfying, became thirsty for us. Well, Jesus, it says, the very last words that he said were, it is finished. It was complete. What he did on the cross was enough. It was finished. He paid our debt in full. If you trust in Jesus, if you look to him for salvation, he bought you on the cross. He paid for your sins. You are completely forgiven. It is not something that has to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. But no, he completed it on the cross. He completed it. He bought you. On the cross, he sealed my pardon, as one of the hymns says. He paid the debt and made me free. Jesus said, it is finished. It is accomplished. He didn't have to do anything else to save us. It was completed. It was finished on the cross. The guards wanting to make sure he was dead, and it, this is recorded because we need to know that he was really dead. There are some in history who have denied that Jesus really died. They, they claim maybe that Jesus just fainted. Well, the guards came by. They needed to be sure that Jesus was really dead, and they, uh, they saw he was dead. The other criminals, they had to break their legs so that, so that they couldn't push themselves up on the peg anymore to be able to get anything to breathe. But Jesus was already dead. So just to make sure, they took a sword and they pierced, or spear and they pierced his side and blood and water flowed. And in order for this to, to happen, I believe that it, from what I understand, he, he had to already be dead for the blood and the water to be separated like that. Jesus um, was dead, and they took him down from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea, he, he was one of Jesus' secret disciples. He's the one, um, he, he was one of the Pharisees along with Nicodemus. Um, they took Jesus' body down, and they put it in a tomb. You don't bury somebody who just fainted. You don't have blood and water flowing from the side of a man who just fainted. Jesus was really dead. The eyewitnesses tell us Jesus was really dead. He took our sin on himself. He bore the wrath of God that we deserve. He bore the punishment that we deserve. The day that Adam and Eve took the, of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said they would surely die. And that punishment that we deserve because we are our uh, descendants of Adam and Eve, because we have all sinned, because the wages of sin is death, Jesus bore our sin, and he died, and he was buried. But oh, the good news that comes next week. <laughs> In the very next verses we see, and we'll look at it next week, Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated 
death. He defeated hell. He defeated Satan. And he lives in victory. He rose from the dead, never to die again, ascended into heaven, and he is there right now as our advocate, as the advocate of believers, pleading in, beha in our behalf before the Father, telling the Father, when you see them, don't see their sin, but see my righteousness, my righteousness imputed to them. He is our advocate. He prays for us. And one day he is coming again, not as the suffering servant, but he is coming again as the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. When he comes again, he will be riding in the clouds from on high with a, on, a, on a white horse with a sword coming from his mouth, with fire from his eyes. And he will come one day in his kingdom to reign forever and ever. And right now is our chance. Right now, we live in an era that is between the times. We still live in an era that is tainted by sin and sickness and disease. We still live in an era where we have things like coronavirus and cancer and uh, emphysema and pulmonary uh, fibrosis. We have, we live in an era where we have heart disease and all kinds of things that want to kill us. And in this day, while we suffer, we look forward to the time and we look to Jesus himself who became sin for us. We look to him, we trust in him, we throw ourselves on him for his mercy. And he makes us sons of God. His dear children. Where we can live forgiven, changed, new creatures in Christ. Able to worship him forever and ever because that's what he deserves. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.